Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, 1984's Conan the Destroyer. It is the sequel to Conan the Barbarian. The film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Miko reprising their roles as Conan and Cairo, the Wizard of the Mounds. The cast also includes Grace Jones, Wilt Chamberlain, Tracy Walter and Olivia Arbo. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. I said to you, when we did our review of Conan the Barbarian, it is one of the most listened to episodes of the podcast. So straight away, you're like, well, maybe we should do Conan the Destroyer. And I'm like, yeah, I can't argue with that logic. So here we are. This is the film. And by and by <laughs> you're Krom, say, here we are. You're going to say by Grom. I was going to say, I, I had never seen this film before. You haven't? Well, I have now, but I hadn't. Yeah, I had yeah. never... I had never seen it. I'm guessing, I mean, you're the Conan guy. You're the reason why we did Conan the Barbarian from 82 in the first place. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, like me and my old man, we used to love watching these films. I, I grew up with Conan just because dad and I would just like sit down on the couch and watch them when I was a little kid. And um, it was kind of like a cool little you know, father-son bonding thing. But um, more than that, it just introduced me to because we both liked Schwarzenegger. We both thought thought he was cool, uh, and it just introduced me to the character. Um, the films were my entry, in you know, to the into Conan's world. I mean, like I didn't even realize prior to the films that it was a largely successful paperback um, novel like story franchise by, by Robert E. Howard. I didn't realize or know a lot about Conan's origin. It was the films that really introduced me. Um, so that was what all I had to go on as a kid. Uh, since obviously went on to learn that it's a uh, an old paperback uh, novel, and also that Marvel Comics picked it up and adapted it, and, and it was a hugely successful line of comics right from the seventies right through. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> that experience that you shared with your dad, growing up, that bond that you had, and that was your exposure to, yeah, to Conan. I. I'd never watched these films. I'd seen bits of Conan the Barbarian until we did our review. And all I remembered was him having sex with a woman. It turned out to be a witch. He threw her into a fire. That was it. That was all I'd seen. For me, and, pretty, and, pretty and the year this film came out, 1984, for me, Arnie, Terminator. That's who he was to me. He was the terminator but that same year yeah he he was in he was in this movie but terminator onwards that was arnie for me and you yeah. know he had his time was... doing comedies with twins kindergarten yeah, cop and all of those and he had... yeah we we know him through all these different roles and, and arnie was different things to everyone but he struck me initially as conan the barbarian before long before he was anything else for me you know what i mean yeah, which is fair. But whether yeah. it be barbarians, westerns, that's something yeah. I never I know what you mean. Yeah. gravitated towards. So even though, again, starting with Terminator, going forward, I watched and enjoyed most of what Arnie did. 
Yeah. I never went back and watched his Conan films. And I know, not just you, that there is a massive fan base, fan base. Yeah. for Conan. And many people are still wanting that third movie, King Conan. Still yeah. wanting oh, it. Oh, yeah, I cannot wait. I really want to see King Conan. There's a rumor that it's going to happen in 2024 or five you know um i don't know how old arnie will be by then but let's hope he's up to it i know but you shared that with me online and i was a sucker yeah. i clicked the link and it was tops yeah. and and the whole thing that he did you're right he had a picture of an aged arnie and it was clickbait it was clickbait king conan 2025 i clicked on it and somebody had ranked the top seven arnie films the image for the link was him as conan the people that put that list together didn't even include Conan within no. their top seven list. It was clickbait. I, pure I clickbait. fell for it too. I fell for it too. I'm, I'm a sucker for clickbait. If I see something out there, I'm like, oh, I want to read that. And you click on it, and it's totally not what it claims to be. There's a good chance, though, that we're still going to get King Conan. Oh, it'll happen. I think it will. He's been wanting to do it. We got more chance of seeing him reprise the role of Conan than we ever will of, say, Ron Perlman reprising Hellboy. So I think we're in with a chance. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair statement. That is a fair statement. <laughs> Conan the Destroyer was theatrically released in the United States on June 29th, 1984 by Universal Pictures. Upon release, the film received generally mixed reviews from critics. It grossed between 26.4 million and 31 million in the United States. This wasn't that first film like that first film reached a wider audience it was popular the budget of this film 18 million so the return wasn't wasn't great and many things happened behind the scenes which i didn't know about until this recent watch which is interesting i mean arnie wasn't happy with this film mm. and what happened to this film and mm. he turned his back on Conan and hasn't played Conan since but again I do think at some point we will get King Conan for nostalgia's sake yeah yeah I mean the plot of this film Conan a warrior king is asked by Queen Taramis to accompany a beautiful niece Jahina and help her in finding a magic gem so it's one of those swords and sandal films they're going to start in one place they're going to go to another place and they're going to go back to the other place yeah i mean if you look at the 80s the, that whole decade was pretty big on swords swords and sorcery and we had that we had willow we had um a bunch of other films um that were very swords and sorcery so conan was you know pretty in pretty good company and that That's seemed right. to be it seemed to be what the movie-going audiences of the day were, 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 were gravitating towards in the cinemas. It's interesting you mentioned Willow there. Willow came out mm. in 88. It's so a four mm. years after this film. We've yep. just got the sequel TV series on Disney+. Plus. So I will be reviewing Willow, the movie, on the podcast in the yep. upcoming episode and, of course, the TV series as well. But you're right. Yeah. In the 80s... We did get a lot of these types of films. And what's interesting, mm. we didn't get the original director from Conan the Barbarian coming back. Mm. Who we did have 
was Richard Fleischer. Though he directed films across many genres and styles, he is best known for his big-budget tentpole films, including 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea from 1954, Fantastic Voyage from 66, the musical film Dr. Doolittle from 67, and then this film, Conan the Destroyer in 84, and in 85... He directed Red Sonja, which is interesting in itself because Arnie is in that film. Yeah. Red Sonja is a character associated with Conan. She's a spinoff. Arnie doesn't play Conan in that film. He plays a different character. Yeah, I I, I would bet dollars to dimes he probably plays Carl the Conqueror, who was a very similar Conan-like character that Robert E. Howard created. And, And... you could probably be a safe bet that why he did that was some kind of contract dispute or royalties or copyright or whatever you want to call it. But I guess he couldn't reprise the name, the, the name or the role of Conan, so they went with Cole. But you know what? He looks like Conan in that film. Yeah, it basically <laughs> is for all intents and purposes. But yeah, I, it's funny you should mention Red Sonja. I had the vaguest mem- memories of watching that as a kid. I don't remember a lot about it. I know I saw it. But I just don't remember a lot about it. I, but I do remember Arnie being in it for some reason. I must go back and watch that again. I mean, do you know what? Future mm. episode. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll get to it. it. We we Let's will review it. Yeah. I mean, this film does have strong comic roots. The story mm. was by Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway. I was hoping you'd mention their names. Two big comic guys from back in the day. Thomas. Yep. Writers Thomas and Conway, who wrote the original who wrote the original story treatment for this movie, were deeply displeased by the final screenplay by Stanley Mm -hmm. Mann and the finished film. So they made their story into the graphic novel Conan, the Horn of Ozoth, published in 1990 with arc by Michael Doherty. The names of the characters were changed to untie the graphic novel from the film. I mean, mm. there's extremes and there's that. They're like, yeah, do you know I what, mean, Hollywood? You've adapted our screenplay into something we are not happy with. We're just going to... Screw you. We're going to We're going to make our own. <laughs> we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. That's, I mean, Roy Thomas, his name goes right back to the 70s with Conan. He's uh, along with guys like Frank Frazetta, uh, Frank Brunner, uh, Steve Ditko, just all those who's who's of comics back in the day. And Thomas has long been uh, linked to Conan. He's He's been writing Conan for a long, long time. So who better than Roy Thomas and also Jerry Conway to, to come in and, and do the treatment for the film, even though they were dissatisfied with it? You know, the sequence where Conan fights Toth Amon, the monster in the Chamber of yeah. Mirrors. Yeah. I mean, it was influenced by the famous Hall of Mirrors final battle between Bruce Lee and Han in Enter the Dragon in 73. It's not hard to see why. So that's fine. It's referencing mm. that, where yeah. Lee smashed the mirrors to foil Han's illusions, allowing him to defeat Han. We've all seen that's it. That's right. Yeah. Conan and... defeats Thoth Amon 
in this movie the exact same way by breaking the mirrors. When Conan has been held by his legs, it has been spun around. Spun around, yeah. Oh, God, my heart breaks. And Conan yeah. isn't a character that I grew up with. And that's the film to me. You saw that, yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's the film. It is so different to Conan the Barbarian. You know, it's funny. Tonally, like- it's just, it's a lot more... It's a lot more childish. Yeah, Arnie found Arnie found the script to be childish as well. He tried that's to fair. convince producers to make a more serious movie but failed. He was mm. unhappy with the result, and this is one of the reasons that a third film hasn't happened. So King yeah. Conan, it needs to be more barbarian, less destroyer for Arnie to be on board. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it's funny looking looking at, at this film through the lens of an adult. I totally agree and concur with everything you just said. Um, as a kid, I, I would have been like, "What? Come on, that was awesome!" But you know, like you look at it through the lens of an adult, and you go, "No, nah, that would those physics would never work. Tougher mom would never be able to pick up a guy the size of Arnie and swing him around. Like, no, I don't care how how big you are. Arnie's huge. There's no way you could do it. Um, the physics of it just defy logic or defy physics, even. Um, but yeah." They, they it's very cringeworthy as an adult but as a kid you were just like this is cool so i guess it's it's such a, a polarizing thing tonally that's what they were going for because he's yeah. like hey we've had a hit with conan the barbarian in 82 yeah. as well as destroyer hmm. we've got comic books we've got we've had many Probably a toy animated that. series, toys, oh, yeah. animated series. Yeah, you name it. So they wanted the... to make it more tame. They wanted to yeah. make it PG. I mean, we've not mentioned it yet, but Sarah Douglas is in this as Queen Taramis. Mm-hmm. To many, she is Ursa from Superman the movie, mm-hmm. Superman 2. That's mm-hmm. where, where I know her from. It was cool seeing her here, but there's a deleted scene. It features the queen seducing Conan before she sends him on his journey. But you know what? It was deleted to ensure that the film received a PG rating because that's that's... what they were going for. I know, and and uh, I'm glad you mentioned the tone because it's so polarizing in in contrast to the first film. The first one was very graphic and gory and violent. You know, like you had James Earl Jones as um, uh, Tulsa Doom, and he's um, obviously slaughters Conan's dad and wipes out you know the village, um, leaving Conan orphaned. Conan swears revenge, grows up. You know, he's like busting stuff up with his sword and stuff, and he finally has to show down with Tulsa Doom's cult. Then he beheads Doom and holds his head up and just throws it down the. The stairs at the end of the movie. It was so graphic and violent, and gory, and this film couldn't be anything further from it. But there was yeah. something about it, though. And it, it's PG violence. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. And it's like when you've got a violent character like mm. Conan the Barbarian, you've got an actor in Arnold Schwarzenegger that is mm. fully ready to commit to the role. Yeah, and I mean, I can see why he made this film. Was like, do you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go and make Terminator films yeah. with Jim Cameron, where he's going to yeah. let me be. I don't know. He's just Badass, it's, yeah. It's Conan the Barbarian, but yeah. not really. But, Looks but like watered Conan. Down. Watered down. I know what you mean. Watered down. 
That's yeah. right. But you know what? There's a there's a character in this, and the actress and the character mental. Grace Jones mm. Zula. Yeah, that was cool. I, mean, I I think she is out of all the actors in this film, the most committed to what she's doing. I mean, Arnie she's intends really to bring it. it. He clearly it. did. Arnie's in shape. He, he's turned up as Conan, but they've they've put him in a PG film. So he's doing mm. what he can within those restraints. Grace Jones Azula. I mean, reading about it, she put two stuntmen in hospital by accident with a fighting stick. She trained for That's eighteen months so to prepare cool. for the film. I mean, you you can see it. You you can see I it. Love it. many many action films from back in the day. A lot of the stunts are from behind. You see the back of an actor's head, and it's usually a stuntman. The scene where she's confronting everyone in the village with the stick, um, with the, the fighting stick. I, as a kid, I loved that. I just thought it was so cool that she just, um, she just the way she just busted out like that, and you can see that she's having a good time in the role. She's committed to it, but she's fierce. She's just like Absolutely. a techno crap. She's a cr- techno crap chick, and she's fierce. And I loved that sort of uh, that that ferocity that she displayed. I thought, even as a as, as a young boy watching the film, really struck me. So visceral. Got to applaud her. Grace Jones yep. is giving it her all. all like and she's smashing it. <laughs> she smashing is. it. Jones and Wilt Chamberlain, they did 90% of their own stunts. And it shows. That's incredible. Because more often than not, you're seeing the actor. Mm. And it does go a long way. Like you're not feeling that disconnect. Like, hang on a no. minute. That's a stunt stunt double. Yeah, no, no, it's them. I mean, Chamberlain, a a former former basketball player, you know, he was a Laker. He um, he was great as the big bodyguard. He was awesome. Yeah, as Bombata. You know the the production had a hard time finding a horse for Wilt Chamberlain to ride. He was so tall (laughs) that his feet touched the ground. They ultimately found one in Spain. That was big enough wow. and imported it to Mexico. The things that the links that will go to. <laughs> yeah, but nice. I'm I'm fairly confident you didn't know that until now. So I'm glad that nope. you're able to find out something nope. new about but this. I'm so that you... glad that I know that now. But there you go. They had to get a horse, imported it to Mexico from Spain. Because oh, the man, actor I can't wait was, to... was so tough. I need to I need to put that in the conversation with someone in future. That's awesome. I mean, we could talk costumes. I mean, they are often wearing very little. The director mm. flashes one complaint about the first film was that Arnie's body was too clothed. So for the sequel, he says, I made sure that Arnold was undressed 99% of the time. <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, terrible. it's a barbarian movie. Or it's a... Yeah. Destroyer movie. We need a yeah. man in loincloth with a big sword. We want to see big oiled muscles. Arnie's just there on set, like, come on, what are you doing to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, straight away, I mean, whether we're talking tonally or whatever, yeah, it's clear what they wanted this movie to be. Oh, yeah. Lots of Arnie wearing very little, carrying out Swinging PG a big balance. Sword. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, we could talk special effects because, you know, there's some 
interesting it's... effects in here. Oh, yeah. The big the... blood orgy at the end. <laughs> yeah, God, before we get to that. So the scene with the mirrors, I can't work out what are we seeing there? Is that a genuine creature? Because I couldn't work out, is it a man made up to look like a monster or is it an actual monster? Because I couldn't quite work out, is it that the special effects or the the makeup isn't delivering for me or am I just not following it? So we, we talked about it earlier. So you got that scene with the mirrors the guy mm. or the creature that is spinning Conan mm. around. How how did you perceive that? Like, what what was that to you? Like, to me, I'm like, is is this just that bad effects, or is this supposed to be mm. a monster? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I never knew what to make of that either. That was something that stumped me as well. And I think obviously it's got something to do with a curse or a hex that's been placed on him. So obviously something to do with um that's was it like a stone or something they need to retrieve from that castle in the middle of the water that's why they undertake the boat journey out there also to rescue her who's because she's being held captive but something to do with that obviously is something to do with his his monsterism or his disfigurement and that's revealed right okay so he's actually a monster so i'm like is this a man in disguise or is I think that so. i think i think that's that might be his natural form. Maybe, maybe. I think, maybe. yeah, you're right. I was like, is it a curse or is it a guy trying to make himself up to look like a monster because it wasn't the most convincing? Anyway, I think you've, you've answered that, that query. Yeah. I'm almost certain that the, 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 the illusion of the wizard is the facade, you know, that's like his public face and behind maybe privately, he's really that just, just that hideous. Right. So mm. with the special effects then, Six people controlled the Dagoth monster working oh, yes, its one. arms, mouth, eyes, and body. So there you wow. go. Big job. Mm. That was interesting, that whole scene at the end. To create the hilltop city of Shadzar, the crew built a tiny model and placed it in front of the camera. The model is known as a foreground miniature. Got to be honest. Go. I love miniatures. I love yeah, painted backgrounds. It's just a lot of directions. It really does. It effect. takes you back, doesn't it? Because like we live in a world of CGI now, where it's, it's a lot more. It's, it's, it's a different way of filmmaking. It is. It is. But modern filmmaking now, oh. when most people have got a HD TV at home, yeah, you can see through a painted background. But back then, yeah. shot on film, it really, it really did work. That I did, I did appreciate that. It's like, I was, I you mean, know, whenever you see like a practical effect in a film, sometimes it works better than others, but I'd rather them try than just get you, a CG effect. They, I've said they don't make films the way they used to. And I, that's part of, the, part of the reason why I'm looking forward to the new, to get off topic here, the new Indiana Jones flick that's about to come out that we've seen the trailers for. Because the indie films were, as, long as, as well as the Conan films, um, were just old world filmmaking they they were old the films from another time films you grew up with as a kid you don't get films like that anymore like you say it's all shiny and cgi and mocap and crap so now it's like like so those but those things were just so great for what they were because they were very analog very low fi very old school and i just love everything about them 
Yeah, now me too. And I'm glad you mentioned that. The the latest indie trailer. It's like we know, I mean, Harrison Ford, I think he's like 83. They de age him, obviously. I mean, only in the opening. Like we get a flashback sequence in in the trailer. But yeah. the majority of the film is not de aged. No. He's indie in his 80s. And he is. Yeah. We knew all this. We knew how old Harrison Ford is and that the character is going to be played close to the actor's age. I'm yeah. like, how's this going to look? That first trailer, do you know what? Take my money. This looks yeah, excellent. And it's not just bringing someone like Harrison Ford back, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, you know, all that yeah, yeah, yeah. baggage, that, that good baggage that he brings. Mm. But you're putting him in a film that looks like they're making it like they used to make films. Exactly. I mean, and Indiana Jones, it was always supposed to be like those Saturday morning pulp serials. Pulp, yeah, he's a pulp hero. And I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what Conan is to bring it back to Conan. And I, I'm really hoping that when they do make King Conan, Conan 3, whatever you want to call it, that it's the same. I, I, it's Arnie. He'll be aged. He'll be older. Um, not as muscly. He would have lost lost a lot of his definition. Um, still pretty big, don't get me wrong, but not going to patch on what he was. But I'm hoping it's just it's straight away. It's King Conan, gray head, big beard. Um, it's, he's going to basically reclaim the mantle and it will show you how he became king by his own hand. And it will be old school filmmaking again, I hope. It would be cool like- to see, but honestly, I've got faith in Arnie. He's got it in him. He can turn up looking like Conan. I'm confident. Oh, he'll do he'll, it. He'll put the work in. And it, I mean, it's different for Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Mm. He was never built like Conan. Yeah, it's great different to see kind these of guys just reprising kind their roles. Of, yes, but it was a different kind of hero. But Arnie coming back. Um, commitment that the actors made to the effects, right? Yeah. To create the illusion of cold breath. Do you know how they did it? I'll tell yeah. you. The actors put dry ice in their mouths. Of course wow. they did. It was 1984. Yeah. <laughs> because was... <laughs> because dry ice is dangerous to touch, little mesh cages were made to hold it safely until the actors put it in their mouths. And yet they could put it in their <laughs> mouths, but it's dangerous to hold. That is insane. I guess different temperatures, that's... but that, that's how they did it then. I mean, today, that would have been a good use of CGI, to be fair. But back yeah. then, the actors just had to do it. Um, that was so cool. We could talk the music. The score was by Basil Baldorus. Among mm. his works are scores for the films Conan the Barbarian. So that's good. It's not just Arnie coming back. It's the same composer. Yeah, composer, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Red Dawn in 84. Iron Eagle in 86, 87, he did Robocop, The Hunt for Red October in 1990. Oh, nice. Free Willy. Good resume. Free Willy in 1993. I mean, one of these things, you know, mate, I've got a soft spot for Free Willy. Anyway, um, 1997, he did Starship Troopers. Do you know what? I rewatched. There you go. Starship Troopers again recently because I watched a documentary all about Phil Tippett, who did the models uh, yes. and um, yep. had a whole new appreciation for 
Starship Troopers. And of course, wasn't he's got he... the satire, Paul Verhonen, the director. Wasn't Phil Tippett um, uh, one of the, one of the, the guys under um, Stan Winston? Yeah, going back to, I don't know if I go, I don't know if under Stan Winston, maybe he was a competitor or. Yeah, well, he was, he was part of that, that whole like scene. Uh, he was lumped in with, with, you know, Winston's. I mean, back scene. then, like he, he was working on Star Wars. Like he was, he was yeah. there like Lucasville. Um, I think he even did some Jurassic Park. Do you know what he did? He did because that was an any that was an interesting mashup between what he was doing in CGI and how they mm. mer- anyway. That's that's, no, that's another thing. But Starship Troopers, I can see that in our future, that would be a good one yeah. to cover. It's readily available. I've watched it before, so read on. There you go. Readily available. It's on Disney Plus. But I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the music for for this film because that is a big part of why I loved it uh, as a kid and why I still think it holds up. Because I'll tell you why it's it's hypnotic, it's mesmerizing. It does. There's a magic to it. Um, that whole scene toward the end where it leads up to that big massive orgy before like Dagoth um, comes to life and the horns placed on his head, that dreaming god. Um, that whole musical piece is just so trance-inducing. It's so trance-like. It just puts you in this state. Uh, even though you're watching it, um, and even though you're, you're watching like all, all that happen, uh, just the music just keeps you waltzing along with the action. You know, you're sort of you're sort of very curiously invested in what's happening, and you want to see what's going on as the scenes unfold. And that music is it puts you in such a hypnotic state. And it's part of the the score for the film is, is always stay with me. It's one of the big reasons why I, I love it. It had such an enchanting vibe to it. Well said. Yeah, I mean, the music, it always adds so much. That's why mm. I will always reference the composer. Always. Absolutely. When doing these reviews. Absolutely. Because such- it adds so much to it. It really mm. does. And you're you're right. It does add so much to this film as well yeah well let's do it let's rate it if you're going to rate conan the destroyer out of five look uh the 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 little little boy that i once was wants to give it a five so desperately because of of my love for the franchise but the the 42 year old adult who who's a lot more jaded and cynical says this thing has got to come in lower but just because um just because of some of the things we rattled off some of the things we talked about um so i guess i have to come in at probably around about probably breaks my heart to say this but probably three and a half probably three and a half <laughs> and and just and just hearing you give it a, a 3.5 mm. i know mm. that you want to give it more mm. i know that you love this character and you and you've got the memories you know, we've, we've yeah we have those memories of watching a film a series with whether it's a mom, a dad, or whatever, we've, we've all got yeah, those absolutely, and it carries like so much more weight. Like I've mentioned it yeah. on the podcast before, like a handful of films that I watched with my dad that meant a lot. Absolutely, Big Trouble in Little China, Tremors. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that's awesome. The Burbs, like those yes. films, yeah. they they just stay with you and they carry so much weight. So I know that you've critically reviewed this film to get it down to a 3.5 because you've got those memories i've got to be honest nathan i 
I was watching this film and I was cursing you. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not good. Um, yeah. Hearing all the things that happen behind the scenes, it does kind of make more why. sense. From mm. that first Conan the Barbarian film to get this film, a lot has happened. When you watch it as a kid, like back then, you didn't know any of that. You just watched Not, it as the next film to the one you'd watched and enjoyed. Yeah, because it was just a, another. It was another piece of, of fantasy to to develop, you know. But it's it's very very different. I'm gonna go as far as saying. I did not like this film at all. I really didn't. That's, and again, that's when when I think of this film, it's Arnie by the ankles been spun around. It's ridiculous. It is yeah, absolutely that's, that's fair. ridiculous. Outside of Superman, I've not seen Sarah Douglas in many things, so it was nice to see her here. But the film, I I don't like it. I really don't like it. I'm glad we've covered it. And if they mm. do finally make King Conan one day, we would absolutely review it. But this absolutely. film for me is a to one out of five. Oh well, it okay. is a low score from me. Yeah. But again, and, you know, I can't be angry at you for that. I can't be mad at you or upset at you for that whatsoever because I totally understand. Swords and sandals. I'm not a fan. Yeah. So it, it was. Fair. It would take a lot for me to like it, but. It is what it is. It I was think, good seeing think, Arnie yeah, back as yeah. Conan, but I could see what I then read, what he was saying about this film. Like, yeah, he didn't want to be there. I get he it. I mean, I, we're, what we're, we're looking yeah. at it through the lens of adults who can obviously see that it, it's, it's, it could, it, it, it needed to be so much better and it could have been so much better, but they made it so childish. But uh, it was even this, you, you, they, they went, when you're a lead like, actor. I know. Yeah, when your lead actor is saying this is childish, we need to make it better. That says so much, you know. But I read right. off the the back catalogue of the the previous films the director has made. Anyway, it is mm. what it is. So yeah. that's it for our episode all about Conan the Destroyer. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. By Crom, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>